The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd, I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time, she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation, and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, our show today is about alternation. We're going to be talking with a great guest, a wonderful gentleman that I met recently who I think just walks on water. We're going to be speaking with Andrew Ozer. He is a coach and trainer since 1970. Andrew Ozer has helped more than 50,000 children and adults to express their very highest potential. As the founder and executive director of the nonprofit Joy of Sports Foundation, He developed and ran programs which serve more than 50,000 at-risk children across the United States. His work with the Joy of Sports Foundation was recognized as a point of light by the White House. He is the author of The Joy of Tennis and Star Power for Preschoolers, and recently he published How Alternation Can Change Your Life, and that's why we have him on our show You can learn more about him at our website at conflicthealing.com and also at summitcoachingservices.net. Thank you, Andrew. You're right in the studio. It's wonderful to see you and have you with us. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on the show. I'm happy to be here. Well, I have your wonderful book right in front of me, How Alternation Can Change Your Life, Finding the Rhythms of Health and Happiness. So, Andrew, what is it that spurred you to write this book? Well, I really started exploring the concept of alternation when I was teaching tennis. And I found alternation, which, by the way, just means simply switching focus back and forth, like in-breath and out-breath is alternation, work and play is alternation, being with you and being by myself is alternation. So I used that concept as a powerful learning principle and a principle for change. And I found it was so effective on the tennis court, I began to experiment with applying it to all sorts of other aspects of life. And I found it consistently produces very rapid shifts. So why don't you give us a little sample of alternation? Why don't we do it right now on the radio? Yeah, well, I'm really happy you asked that since as a coach, I'm really about results and experience, not about philosophy. So what I invite all of our listeners to do is to think of a situation in your life where you have some conflict, a situation involving you and one or more people where right now it just doesn't feel too good. It feels like there's conflict. 
Maybe you're angry. Maybe you're frustrated. Maybe you feel like people are taking advantage of you, abusing you, using you, not keeping their word. Situation of conflict in your life. And if there's more than one, just pick out the one which is strongest. It could be with a family member, with a colleague, someone you have an intimate relationship with. It doesn't matter. With a friend. Just pick out one situation in your life where there's currently conflict. And if, if your life is conflict-free right now, congratulations, and maybe just pick one from the past. But I think most of us, if we're honest, can probably find at least one situation in present time where we're dealing with conflict. Okay, everybody have one? Beautiful. Now just imagine that person in that situation. And just in, in your mental screen, bring up whatever images, whatever words evoke that feeling inside of you of being conflicted, being stressed, being frustrated, whatever the feeling is for you. Imagine them saying whatever they, they say to you or doing whatever they did to you that makes you feel stressed or contracted, angry, hurt in some way. Just imagine that. And as you imagine that, just let yourself begin to feel those feelings in your body now. Just begin to notice what happens in your body now, perhaps in your belly, or your chest, or your neck, your shoulders, your jaws. Those are some of the most common places. You feel a contraction, a tensing. Scan your body as you continue to focus on that person or situation that is in conflict now, and just notice what you notice. And pick out the place where you feel the most contraction, the most tension, the most discomfort right now. And bring your awareness there. And just begin to notice exactly what it is that's going on there. Is it a burning sensation? A knot? A pain? An ache? Just notice what you're feeling there. Notice whether it's over a small area, more pinpointing, or more of a large area. And notice what intensity it is from one being very light to ten being almost more than you can bear. What level of intensity is it? Just notice that. Also notice the emotional quality. Does it feel more like fear, more like anger, more like judgment, more like sadness? Just notice the nature, the texture, the quality of the conflict. And whatever it is, you don't need to try to fix it or analyze it. Just bring your awareness, bring your attention into it. Let yourself experience it in your body as it is right now, just with curiosity. Oh, what's this? Just feel it not important to put words to it. Just bring your awareness into it. And as you go deeper into it, perhaps just be grateful for this opportunity. And it's only when these conflicts come to awareness that they can be resolved. So just be grateful. This is coming up in awareness now. And be grateful also that you've been given the gift of courage and willingness to bring your attention to this so it can be resolved in you now. And with that feeling of gratitude and curiosity, go deeper into it. Let yourself feel more deeply the nature of this conflict in your body now. Keep your focus in your body. Don't get into this story in your mind around it. But it's here, in the present, you want to meet it, in your body. So feel if it's changing at all as you bring your awareness deeper. Is it getting more intense or less intense? Perhaps contracting to a narrow area or expanding to a big area. Maybe move into a different part of your body. Or maybe the emotional quality is changing. Maybe sustain the same. Just notice whatever you notice. 
as you bring your awareness deeper into it. And as you go deeper, again, be grateful. Be grateful for this opportunity to meet this and resolve this through awareness. And also for your courage and your willingness to explore this now. And really feel your gratitude right in the middle of it. And perhaps from this place of gratitude and with your curiosity, you can just go even deeper. Maybe feel, find a curiosity, what's at the core of this, at the root of it? Not historically, but right now. So let yourself just go right to the core of it, right into the center, still using this place in your body as a point of focus. And what do you notice as you go right into the middle of it? What happens? What changes? What stays the same? Just feel yourself right in the middle of it, just experiencing it, without any judgment of it or trying to get rid of it, just being with it as it is. And as you sit in the middle of it, just grateful for the chance to be here and resolve it, invite your breath to come in. And just imagine your breath going right into this spot that's been most contracted, most conflicted. And the breath is carrying pure, fresh energy in the present that doesn't know anything about the past. There's no conflict. Nothing but pure, fresh, clear life energy in the breath. So what happens when this pure, fresh energy, this peaceful energy of breath comes and touches this place near your body where there's been conflict and contraction? What happens? You don't have to make anything happen. Just trust breath, the peaceful energy of breath to do whatever needs to be done. Allow it. Be grateful. And then as the breath goes out, just imagine the breath is like a river flowing downstream and it's picking up any residue in its path. Residue in this case being anything left over from this conflict that's still in your body and just naturally carrying it downstream back into the ocean. So you just allow the breath to come in with its fresh, pure, peaceful energy and to move through this place in your body that's been in conflict and contraction and as it goes out, to carry with it whatever is ready to be released, whatever, whatever residue from the past is not needed, not serving you. This just happens naturally and easily. And your job is just to allow it, to invite it, to be grateful for it. Notice how you feel. Notice how easily breath flows in and how you feel when breath brings its peaceful touch to this place where there's been contraction and conflict, and how easy it is to let go as the breath goes out. Okay, so that's just a mini taste of alternation. Mm-hmm. Hope you enjoyed that experience, and you can just expand your awareness now to your whole body. Feel your feet on the ground, and your body touching the chair or the car seat, wherever you are. And if you're driving, by the way, hope you didn't close your eyes for that process. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mention that earlier. And here we are. Thank you. That was great. I mean, I could really feel it. I could feel that knot in my stomach. And as soon as I Mm. breathed into it, it let go. And so that was really nice. It was great. And, you know, when we talk about healing conflict, it all conflict really begins with ourselves, inside ourselves, whether it's trying to make a decision and you've got, you know, the little angel on one side going, do it, do it. And the other side's going, don't do it, don't do it. So, you know, a lot of us comes from, from our own stuff. 
So I think it's real helpful to go in within like that. And, and uh, it was very helpful to me. And I hope that my audience enjoyed that as well. And they could listen to the uh, to this over and over again, because not only is this airing on KUCI, but we will have it on our website at conflicthealing.com. Okay. Um, so when you're doing this process, um, how, how does it really help you to heal with the other person? You're doing it within yourself. So can you help us understand how that works when you are in conflict with another person? Sure. What I'll share first, Mari, is that my belief, and this is just my belief, and everybody's entitled to have their own beliefs, is that all outer conflict is just a reflection of inner conflict. And if we can meet this conflict and resolve it in ourselves, then the reflection changes. What's happening on the outside is just really a mirror of the inside. So it's often much more effective, much more efficient also, to really handle the conflict on the inside. So one of two things will happen after we meet the conflict during a process like the one we just did. One is there'll just be a shift on the outside. And the conflict either right away or over a short period of time will just dissipate. Second thing is the stage will be set for you to have whatever communication you need to have to resolve it on the outside. And so I think sometimes for our growth, it's a plus. It's empowering for us to be able to communicate directly with people, not just have it, have it being the conflict magically disappear because we do the inner work, but to really set the, set the stage for it, lay the groundwork for it with the inner work, and then to have a communication. And I think once we've done the inner work and we're really at peace within ourselves then it's pretty easy to have a communication with the other one, uh, with the other party involved that resolves it. And, and I would say just my number one quick tip, which is not at all original as far as resolving conflict through communication is really to want to understand the other person. And as St. Francis said, uh, seek first to understand and to be understood. And I think Stephen Covey has really brought that into our modern world with that principle of listening first understanding first and really wanting to know what the other person's needs are, what their feelings are, and generally to want it to be a win-win where they will get what they need and want. I think also when you were talking about when, when you go within and you kind of shift, when one person shifts, it shifts the other person. And so when you have that where you're breathing into it, where you're getting peaceful, when you're peaceful that energy also reflects like you were talking about on the other person and they get more peaceful. And then you're more free to have open communication like you were talking about. So how can alternation be used to create healthy, um, collaborative relationships? I'd say there's a few ways alternation can be used and because our time is a little bit limited today, I'll just pick out a couple of the ones that I found most potent. Oh, one is certainly in communication. I mean, communication is kind of the lifeblood of relationships. And the fundamental alternation in communication is between listening and speaking. So it's really about deepening our listening. And ideally, when we're listening, we're fully receptive. 
And then when we're speaking, we shift to a more active mode. And I think where people miss out on the power of alternation during communication is when they're supposedly listening, they're actually thinking about what they're going to say next. So that keeps them from being in a really receptive mode. So number one key, I think, is to really have an intention to listen deeply. And sometimes what helps is to focus on a more subtle detail, like listening maybe to the changes in the person's volume or changes in the person's level of interest. Or one of my favorite, actually, is to listen to the pauses, which is actually another alternation, the rhythm of the pauses between words, the gaps, the periods of silence between words, between clauses, between sentences, just to do something to draw you into deeper listening. So that's one example of, of using alternation in, to build a relationship, just deeper listening and a more dynamic alternation between speaking and listening. Another alternation is between time together and time apart. Mm. In any kind of relationship, there's a natural alternation, natural rhythm between getting together and then going apart. And just to really look at what the current rhythm is and whether it works or not. I mean, if it's a work relationship, you might just be meeting once a week or once a day or spending a couple hours a day together or talking once a month. If it's a personal relationship, you may have some alternation happening every day. So just to really look first at what is our current rhythm, our current alternation between when we get together and when we're not together. Does it work for both of us? That would be the first step, just to examine it. And then the second step would be to really notice the transitions between time together and time apart and notice whether you're really maybe feeling more peaceful when you're by yourself and more stressed when you're with the other person or vice versa. And just really notice the shift that happens when you come together with that other person and whether it feels more like a positive shift or a negative shift. And just by observing that will help to change it. Since one of the key principles I work with is awareness without judgment leads to change in the direction of optimal functioning. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've talked about how alternation also can be used for physical healing. You want to share that? Yeah, yeah just really simple. Simplest example I can give you is imagine you've got like a toothache, maybe one, one of your left molars. And on the right side, it feels great. So the alternation would simply to be to bring your focus, your full attention to the tooth that's hurting, just experience it. Not to try to heal it or fix it or analyze it, just to feel whatever pain, whatever discomfort is there. And then to shift back and let yourself feel on the right side where there's maybe no sensation, just feels peaceful, feels normal, and feel that for a moment. And then go back and forth two or three times. And I've really experienced literally within a minute or two Toothaches has gone away by that alternation back and forth. And of course, it's not just for toothaches. You do the same thing with pain in your shoulder or pain in your knee to switch from one side to the other side. You know, when you were asking us, uh, when you led us through the little guided uh, alternation and the meditation, and you were asking us to just feel it, sometimes when I get a headache and I just feel it, and then I just see myself sending it energy, the headache will go away without anything, taking any kind of pill, it'll just go away. So part of it is just breathing into it and just relaxing. And part of it is, I think what you're talking about, that alternation. What, in one of your chapters here, I want to just introduce you again. If you're just tuned in and you're, you're wondering who this wonderful person is that I'm talking to, I'm speaking with Andrew Oser, 
who is the author of How Alternation Can Change Your Life, Finding the Rhythms of Health and Happiness. And we're talking about it in our show, Prescriptions for Healing Conflict, because we're talking about that that inner conflict that not only is within ourselves when we experience conflict, but when we're in conflict with someone else, that we can use alternation to change that as well. One of the things that I thought was interesting, which I've heard many times in all the metaphysical places that I've been in about talking about whatever you resist persists. And so how can alternation help you to get rid of that persistence? Yeah, well, that's a great point since when we're resisting something, we're in conflict with it, right? Mm -hmm. We're trying to get rid of it. We're fighting with it. We're judging it. And it's really all about awareness. So say, for example, I've got some uh, sadness and I'm resisting that. I'm just trying to make the sadness go away. I'm basically bracing myself against the sadness. I'm pushing it. So the first step is just to bring awareness to that. Just notice there's a contraction. There's a resistance. And just let myself just feel that in my body. And then maybe an alternation would be to be grateful for the awareness. So first I feel that place of constriction or bracing. And I feel it without judgment, without trying to get rid of it. Then I'm grateful for the awareness of it. Another alternation might be feel the place in my body which is contracted or resisting. Just accept it, be with it, and feel another place in my body which is peaceful and go back and forth a couple of times. So what about the people that say to you, well, it, it sounds great, but, you know, I am just, I get up, I have to take care of my kids, I have to go to work, I have to come home and make dinner. I mean... How do you have time to do all these wonderful things of alternation, which are great, but how do you fit that into a, a crazy schedule? Great question. Well, I would respond in a couple of ways. I would say, first of all, alternation is already happening. <laughs> so it's not necessarily something we have to build in time in our schedule for. For example, if you have a relationship, there is already an alternation between being together and being apart. So it's not going to take more time to alternate. You're already alternating. You just want to do it more consciously. And of course, breath, which is the primary alternation of our lives, is happening as long as we're alive. So that's already happening. Again, we can just be more conscious of it. That's the first thing I would say. Then I would also say that sometimes just a brief alternation can make a huge difference. Like, say, for example, you have a job and you're in an office for 8, 10, 12 hours a day. Rather than just working, 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 pushing, doing, take an alternation of 30 seconds or a minute or two minutes or five minutes to stop, do something different. Maybe to sit and breathe for a minute. Maybe listen to your favorite song on your iPod. Maybe do a stretch. Maybe go out and look at some trees or feel some sunshine. And that'll break you out of the energy of doing And What I would say is if you're working, say, eight hours, and rather than just working every minute of those eight hours, you say take, take alternations at total of maybe 20 minutes or 30 minutes during the day, you will actually produce more in the remaining seven and a half hours than you would in those eight hours. So it's not like you're sacrificing productivity. You're actually increasing it because you're optimizing your performance through the alternation. So when you taught tennis and, and helped all these kids, how did you do that with the kids? How did you involve them in alternation? Well, one simple alternation in tennis is between hitting a ball and doing a shadow stroke. Shadow stroke is just a practice stroke without the ball. 
and almost everybody is just relaxed and fluid and natural when they're doing a shadow stroke. But sometimes as soon as the ball is introduced, they can be afraid of missing and tense up. So it's just by alternating between how they feel, how their stroke looks without the ball and how it looks with the ball is kind of the most basic alternation. And and what happens is that the stroke with the ball loosens up and becomes more and more like the stroke without the ball, without even trying to change it, just by alternating and noticing the difference. So in, in terms of a conflict, you could do the same thing. You could go within and you could just kind of visualize or kind of close your eyes and breathe into the relationship and kind of see yourself having a healthy relationship with that person or resolving the conflict and then going out and actually meeting with that person. Yeah. And it, it's the same kind of thing. You're kind of practicing and that's kind of another way of alternation. Would that yeah. work? Yeah, that's a great example. Like say, for example, if you're going to be meeting with someone you had a conflict with, to, to just as you said, Maury, before the meeting, visualize yourself being with them in a conflict-free, peaceful situation. And then you go in, you just notice that there's still conflict and Maybe afterwards you visualize again, and then maybe over a period of time, could be a relatively brief period of time, you just keep alternating between imagining being with them in a conflict-free way then experiencing whatever conflict is still there. And the key is always to notice the difference without judging it, not to try to force the change. Just right. be aware. Yeah. I know before every mediation, I always go into the room first, and I visualize everybody being happy and being able to collaborate and being um, communicative and positive. And when I do that and I kind of send that energy into the room, it seems to have a nice effect on the room. And, and times when the things heat up, then we, again, kind of get centered. So I think this alternation and looking at it as alternation is an interesting approach to doing that. You know, one other kind of alternation I'll mention quickly is between silence and speaking. So say in a mediation or just a one-to-one conversation, if it's really starting to get rough into conflict, just have a pause and be silent for a moment and then resume talking. That sounds like a good idea. I have another question. I know that you've talked about that you have the use alternation to help people when they have addictions, whether it's drugs or alcohol. And, And how does that work? Well, the way I would work with addictions first is to get to the core. And to me, when someone has an addiction, it means there's something they're avoiding, something they're afraid of, they're resisting or burying inside of themselves. So that would be my most direct solution, would be to guide them into experiencing what it is they're avoiding inside of themselves. And then to use that process we did in our little exercise in the beginning of first feeling what's present and being grateful for it and going back and forth. And if we had more time, I could give you some other strategies, but I think that would be the primary strategy I would emphasize. And it's, again, going back to that chapter you have on whatever you resist persists. So if you're resisting that inside anger, yeah. which is really hurt, or if you're resisting grieving, or whatever it is that you're resisting, it's going to persist with you until you really deal with it. And it sounds like alternation is a wonderful way to heal conflict. It works. It works, and we already did one, so that's mm. great. Okay, um, let me just thank you so much and, and tell people again to get your book, How Alternation Can Change Your Life, Finding the Rhythms of Health and Happiness by Andrew Ozer. And why don't you give your website again? Sure, my website is www.summit, like the top of the mountain, S-U-M-M-I-T, coaching, 
summitcoachingservices.net. That's summitcoachingservices.net. And got a sample of an alternation meditation on the website, free download, and you can order the book from the website. And also I have a guided meditation CD, which is available from the website also. Well, terrific. Well, thank you so much. And we are sure appreciate your taking part in Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show, Mari. And we will have you again. I look forward to it. Okay. It's about trust. in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.